Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Redesigning your life and finding what you're meant to do with Liz Trains, episode 175. Hello, She Did Her Way family. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of the podcast. Ugh, so excited you guys are here and I things have been happening in the background and working really diligently and very hard for something exciting that's about to happen and that is going to happen in October in Chicago and it's not behind a computer screen. So stay tuned for future uh, announcements for that. But on to today's podcast episode, we have the lovely Liz Trains. I actually met Liz at a Illinois alumni startup networking event, and we connected over kombucha and yoga. So of course, naturally, we're like, let's hang out. And as I got to know her story, I'm like, girl, you would be a perfect fit to come on the podcast, share your story, especially the transition from corporate America to entrepreneurship and actually doing something that you feel fully aligned with as well. And when she realized that the straw that broke the camel's back, as I like to say, she was all the way over in India leading a training. And she realized that, yes, while I'm good at this and I can do it, does it mean that I necessarily want to do it? And so Liz shares the entire transition journey and story from when she was in corporate up until now. Trains, who is a career and lifestyle coach. And Liz and I met at an Illinois or Illini, which actually I did not know what Illini was. Terrible. I live under a rock and I went to a Big Ten until I started dating my fiance. And I'm like, Illini what? And he's like, Illinois. I'm like, oh, okay, got it. Anyway, I digress. We met at an Illini startup meeting immediately clicked and from there I just got to know her story we bonded over adrenal fatigue we bonded over quitting <laughs> our jobs and I was like yo you got to come on the podcast because your story is perfect and you're going to inspire so many people so Liz trains the career and lifestyle coach welcome to the podcast thank you very much Amanda it's great to be here yeah and I do want to clarify that I did not go to University of Illinois either, and we both happened to meet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> you just like showed up because you're like, oh, I found this on like Meetup or something. It was from WeWork because I'm a WeWork member, and oh, I was yeah. like, oh, you're people like, oh. wanting to change careers and telling stories. I'm like, I'm there. I know, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, we had, and then it was Dr. Amy Wolf that was there, and we both went yeah. and got acupuncture. But we'll we'll uh, we'll allude to like any of those stories <laughs> later. We had very different experiences, so acupuncture can impact people differently, right? Um, yes. But tell us what it like. Tell us what you're doing now, and then we'll get into your story of how you got there because. We've had similar paths and we started talking and I was like, no, Liz, I'm like, keep it. I want you to save this all for the podcast. <laughs> okay. So I currently started my own business called Liz Trains Coaching. And what I do is really help women create careers they love. So it's 
for the woman who's feeling overcommitted and spread thin and really just wants to take a step back and say, like, something isn't working here. I need to, yeah, take that time to figure out how I can redesign and rebuild my life and my mindset so that I can kind of reprioritize and, like, focus on the things that are really most important. So I help them go through that process, and we kind of go through, like, what lights them up. And sometimes people don't know what lights them up anymore. And I know because I was there. Yeah, and it's we get so buried in the day-to-day of the things that we have to do that we don't think that much about the stuff we actually want to do. So, yeah, we kind of figure out, like, what lights lights my people up, and then incorporate more of that into their lives so they can start kind of living in alignment with what they truly feel they're meant to do. Mm -hmm. And um, for some people, that means totally changing careers, so doing a career 180. And then for others, that means tweaking what they have already built for themselves because a lot of people – are in the right place. They just need to ask for certain things from their boss or their, their if they're at a big company, maybe it's going to HR or it's it's making some sort of move where they currently are. I love but, that. Uh, yeah, because it's like we spend so much time in our in in our offices. I was gonna say I'm like we spend so much time at our jobs, you know, and we. Like, I love helping the woman who's like, you're a career woman. You know, you want your career to be meaningful and you want to feel good at the end of the day about the work you're doing. So um, well, it's tell very, us, very important to me. Yeah. Tell us your, your whole story of like when you started this journey. I mean, because we got uh, it. You like laid it all out and I was like, what? Oh my gosh, this again, this is amazing. You need to share this. So take us all the way back of what inspired you to be where you are today. Okay, so we're going to go way back Um, to 2013. I was pretty miserable. It was New Year's Eve. I knew I didn't want to do my job forever. I was in corporate finance working for, I think I can say it, I worked for Accenture and um, had had a, had done like a ton of different types of finance roles there. Met so many people, met great people, and um, really had opportunities to grow personally and professionally in so many different ways and to travel and do a lot of different things that I really, I was really grateful for. However, it felt like there was this missing piece in my career, and I just had no idea what it was. And I started ignoring the fact that there was something missing and it started making me really, really unhappy. I was anxious. I was, I don't know. I had like social anxiety and I'm like the most social person. I, yeah, there was just like, how long did you ignore that feeling of like something's missing? Um, probably I knew there wasn't, there wasn't, there was something not right. Like honestly, when I started that career, I was just like, I need to make money and I need to, um, I don't know, start moving up the corporate ladder. It was like the thing to do. It was like, this will make me happy. So yeah, I knew I wasn't like really happy from the start. And there were other things going on, like with dating and my personal life that really weren't in alignment either. (laughs) And that was right after college. But I think like the 2013 time, so like six years into my career, was this awakening. 
I had somebody come up to me at a New Year's Eve party, a complete stranger. I had talked to him for maybe like five minutes and the, the ball dropped. And afterwards he said like, Liz, you're really unhappy. I can tell. Like, oh my gosh, you're kind of like slapping a smile on your face, and and I can feel it. I can see it. And I was like, oh my god, somebody figured me out. You're like, like I'm <laughs> totally out right now. Like, I feel so <laughs> naked. How did you know? Yeah, it was like the, one of the scariest moments of my life, but also one of the moments that I am the most grateful for. Because I was so focused on like what people thought about me. It was all about external approval and looking good and fe- not feeling good, <laughs> looking good to, to everybody else and putting on this face. And it was exhausting. And I was very glad that he, he called me out on that. His name was Kevin. If Kevin listens to this, like, please get in touch. I never saw Kevin after that. I tried finding him on Facebook. I oh. couldn't find him. But anyways, he kind of woke me up and just... I don't know, like put the ball in my court to say, you have the choice here. You can change things or you can keep operating like this and feeling like really stressed out all the time and not sleeping well and just, yeah, continuing to let that missing piece like eat you alive, basically, to sound dramatic. Uh, But it really did feel that way at the time. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you literally, your energy, like you can't bring yourself – to put a smile on your face and like not think about work in order to focus on what is it like it's so hard to create that space because you feel like you're drowning in this ball of negative energy yeah and it was I don't know it was like a build-up I didn't even know that wow, there's another way to live here. Like, you don't have to feel this way every day. (laughs) Veil has been lifted. So what, like, after that encounter, what, what, what were some of the things that you did next? Like, what came after that? I like, the first thing was I had been going to a therapist, but I was kind of just going as, like, a, a weekly maintenance. Like, let's just talk about what's on my mind, and it reduces my anxiety for a little while. I, like, shifted my mind, and I was like, you know what? I need to like really get more intentional about like what I'm doing in therapy and that I'm really there to change, not just to slap a bandaid on whatever it is deep that's going wrong in my life. So I like made this pact with myself to start writing and there were some Mm -hmm. things like buried in me that um, I couldn't like say out loud. There were like things that felt shameful and things that felt so vulnerable to say out loud. Are you feeling and, vulnerable to share with us right now? Um, <laughs> it's okay if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there were things around, I mean, it was a lot of family, like mm-hmm. dynamics and how I grew up and um, my relationships with my parents, for sure, and like some anger towards that. Um, there were things about like my identity as a woman and sexuality and like I'm really sharing all of this on a podcast for the first time so oh my gosh well (laughs) I have to really share this with anyone but my therapist but I am far enough along in the uh on the journey where it feels a little vulnerable but not so much that I'm like oh god what did I do well you know Um, like have you read any Brene Brown books yes I think she talks about that phase where like when we're on the other side of it and we've come through it, 
and we uh-huh. like passed it. I can't remember which one specifically, but like if we're going through a really hard time, it's difficult to mm-hmm. talk about it when you're in it. But then after you move past it, you you've grown from it and then you can talk about like it, that situation, whatever it might be. So anyway, I didn't mean to derail you. And I really, oh, truly appreciate you um, sharing and being vulnerable. And I, ha- I share same sentiments, too, with family dynamics and growing up. And I just it I don't I feel closer to you now because I'm like, yeah, like, we have that. And I'm no, sure. That- like not everyone's life is is perfect and sometimes we create these stories about other people when it's like in reality like we're everyone I mean I'm sure there's listeners that can can relate to you as well so thank you of course and that's kind of what what went through my mind I'm like I don't know who's gonna be listening to this if you feel a little less alone because you are facing the same things then I am so happy to share yeah so yeah it was it was kind of like I felt like I had built up this persona of what I wanted to be, but I wasn't, but it wasn't like truly me. It was like, I had this shaky foundation of like, who am I, who am I supposed to be? Um, and what feels authentic to me? It was like, there was this disconnect with the person I was externally facing to, um, to the world or to my job or whatever. And then there was this internal part that just felt like, who am I? Like I got to, start talking about the things that feel uncomfortable. And I've also like therapy was the first step, but then it was like, I need to do some things that scare me and like get myself outside my comfort zone. And I started like traveling. Um, The journaling continued. I went and traveled on my own, which was like really scary to me to go on a trip. Like as a single woman, like I'm going to go to California and I'm going to go to Curacao this place in the Netherlands Antilles I've never heard of. But oh my gosh. <laughs> like, did you just plan that? And you're like, Hey, see you never like going, going out or like getting, getting out of here. Both of those trips had no plan. Um, wow. the California one had like a little bit of a plan. I was, I had taken some PTO off and I didn't plan anything. So I had like I think I had like 10 days over the summer a couple years ago. It was probably the summer of 2013. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't make a plan and I booked a trip to San Francisco and I connected with a company called Woofing, the worldwide organization of organic farmers, which, uh, t- totally outside oh the box. Oh my God. I Chicago, like <laughs> I've never, I haven't been camping since I was 12. Um, and yeah, I worked on a vineyard for a few days How and fun. it, it ended up being totally different than I had expected. It's not worth getting into the whole story, uh-huh. but it was the most beautiful place I've ever been. And I just met such different types of people when I was there. Like, I mean, some were younger than me, some were older than me. They were all working on this vineyard and room and board was covered and I mean it was it was like a bunch of hippies and me and I don't know we connected on so many levels which was really really nice and I don't know helped me build some confidence I think along my along my journey like okay like you were still well no you weren't employed at this time I'm just trying to you were okay sorry if you said that and I completely missed it no I had the wake-up call in 2013 but I did not actually quit my corporate job until 2000, the end of 2014. 
Got it. So you just were exploring this time. Yeah. You're kind of like getting uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Figuring out like, because I knew this missing piece was there, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So this was like the building my self-identity journey, I guess, for like three years. Well, and then I quit. Yeah. So I, and I apologize to keep interrupt. I'm just like, all these no, questions no. are firing up. When you started doing these exploratory trips or phases and things for yourself did you at all feel like guilty that you were taking the time to invest in yourself I could just imagine like I I, maybe not I have no idea I just yeah did you no I definitely have like I've dealt with that insecurity or that that challenge of being okay with, yeah, doing nice things for me, which I think at that point in time, I didn't necessarily, like, look at those nice things for me. It was like, you need to just go do this. Um, I mean, maybe that trip, the carousel one, that was, like, fancier. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Working out has, like, completely shifted in my mind. It used to be, like, burn calories, burn calories. Like, you just can't gain weight or, oh, you've gained weight. you got to burn it off. I have that mindset. And now in this day, I'm like working out is about self care and it is about taking care of my body and my mind so that I can do what I want to do. Because if I'm not feeling good, like I can't do anything. I can't do the things I love most. So, um, I think that's like one shift I've had, but the, yeah, the doing nice things for yourself. I was very focused on, really doing nice things for people for Mm -hmm. other people you know and like picking out the perfect present for people like I would spend hours looking for the perfect birthday gift for this person because I felt like that was the way I showed people that I cared Mm -hmm. you know and yeah I loved them too and I I felt close to them in some ways but I think I don't know I was emotionally like blocked and I was focused on um the material things or the yeah material things versus like just being there for a friend and listening because I was like I could listen for sure but and I felt like I gave good advice but it wasn't coming from a genuine place because I hadn't like done enough self-development to really understand like and relate and I don't know. There's, I, you're getting to something here. I'm like, I, I don't know how to explain this. Like, there's no, a difference. I'm totally fine. I'm just curious. I mean, because I can, I can only imagine, um, like the feeling of when you start working for yourself and you have this crazy flexible schedule and you just come from a really strict regimented be in the office by 8 eight thirty. you can't leave no earlier than five and then you let's say become a freelancer <laughs> and you have all this like you get to create your schedule it's almost like you feel I mean in the beginning for at least for me it was like I felt like an imposter I felt so guilty while I was yeah. working projects and my I wouldn't fly out till like Monday late afternoon or Tuesday I mean I come back Friday so then I'd have like full day Monday or full day Monday and half day Tuesday where Mm -hmm. I'm like oh I'm gonna go to flywheel at noon and I'm like oh my gosh I feel so guilty so I didn't know if that similar sentiment kind of you know if you felt guilty that you're you were starting to actually invest in yourself and to really explore like kind of like this waking up moment and realizing 
oh shoot and you start having these epiphanies and then that's what I was curious about that and yeah um, I can just imagine other people maybe similarly going through that but then talk to us about like what was the straw that broke the camel's back that made you officially decide that okay I've made the decision I've drawn a line in the sand I'm leaving Accenture now I need to formulate a plan or maybe you had no plan I don't know (laughs) I so I was in India for work I was teaching a three-week training in Bangalore with like 75 people from all over the world like brand new Accenture employees that I got to teach and train and get to know like on many different levels because we spent so much time together and I like I was at the point where I wasn't teaching all the trainings. I was more delegating to other other people who hadn't had as much experience with training. So they were getting exposure to that. But anyways, so I think I just started connecting with people on such a different level. And I was just like, I love this. I love getting to know people. I love hearing people's stories and like learning about what makes them tick. What holds them back? How can we like let them flourish, you know, and really do things that they truly love. And I got up and did one presentation and I felt like so fraudulent for, Mm. I think is the best word to describe it. And not like an imposter syndrome, like I don't belong here. Like you're not good enough to be here type feeling. It was like, no, you just like cannot be teaching finance anymore. You don't believe in this. You don't like not that there's anything bad going on there you know it's a great company but I was just like it's not meaningful anymore it's not it's not connecting to something deeper in me and I just I feel like a fraud getting up here and like getting excited like putting on a face to get excited about things versus be genuinely excited about things oh yeah so yeah so I started getting that feeling Oh my gosh. Okay. So you started getting that feeling and then. Yeah. So I get home from India and I mean that alone, just traveling that far and being with such incredible people, like the most hospitable people I've ever met in my life had the best food, like had this, it's a very eye opening experience to go there just because it's, you take for granted a lot of the conveniences we have in the U S um, So yeah, just to see another way of life and meet new people. So it was very transformative in a lot of ways, but I got home and (laughs) I had a really demanding job. I mean, my schedule was kind of like at the beck and call of whoever my boss was at the time. It was like, you're going to get on a plane tomorrow. So basically they were like, you need to get on the plane like Monday after Thanksgiving, which I had gotten back the Friday before. For Thanksgiving, I think. So I had like a couple days to unwind. And I'm like, yeah, on Monday after Thanksgiving, you're going to be going to New York. And yeah, there's a really quick turnaround on this project. So it's probably going to be late nights, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm still jet lagged. I feel like I'm going to just throw up right now. <laughs> I can't yeah. do this. But anyways, I went because I knew that there was some stuff going on inside of me. Like, okay, you got this idea that you're loving to work one-on-one with people. Um, but it's not so concrete yet. Who knows? I didn't have the guts yet. But then I had this project where I was like in the office until 11 o'clock, 2 a.m. Blah, 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 like horrible. Oh. <laughs> and 
I was in Times Square, which sounds so luxurious to be on a work trip in New York. And it's like the holidays now after a couple weeks there. And there's all these people just like floating around happy. There's Christmas lights. Like everybody's so excited to be in New York for the holidays. And I was like lugging around my suitcase like I hate my life. Like why am I doing this? So it was like that with India, with... I don't know. It was another new year coming up too. And I was turning 30. It was like the, a culmination of so many different things. And then on the other side, it was like, you're starting to get clarity about what this thing is that you want to do. So I took two weeks after that New York trip. I had, it was Christmas and then it was new year's. And I was like, okay, January 5th, 2015, I'm talking to my boss. This is happening. I'm going for it. Like, I just, I can't do this to myself again and again and again. And I've asked for everything that I think I can ask for in order to get more balance. Like I had like really become a advocate for myself while I was there because I I learned that's the best way to get what you want is to stick up for yourself and ask for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, it's just, it's not working anymore. I got to do my thing. So yeah, I, I realized like, okay, this working one-on-one with people plus like this health and wellness interest that I've had like for so long just to make my life, like improve my own life and the one, the people around me. I was like, okay, I have these two things. I'm going to trust myself and I'm just going to go for it. Like, no, I don't exactly know what I'm doing. Uh, maybe it's psychology, maybe it's social work, maybe it's coaching. Um, but I'm never going to figure it out if I don't say no to finance. You know, my life just gets swallowed alive by it. So I got to do it this way. And I had saved a bunch of money. And I was like, it's now or never. I'm going to be 30 next month. Like, let's go. You're like, let's get the <laughs> but, party started, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. My 30th birthday party was like the most liberating birthday of my life. I loved it. Like, my family was like... <laughs> When you, You're crazy. When you tried to quit, did you yeah. have – I mean, did they try to like – because you had been working with them and advocating for yourself yeah. for some time. So I'm sure they yeah. probably got the picture that they're like, okay. I mean, every company knows the signs. The management uh-huh. knows the signs of like people looking elsewhere. They're getting ready to like cold feet. So it's kind of actually I've, – I've learned that sometimes it's like – in the beginning, you it can be fun to be courted by the company because they're able to like they'll if you're good enough they want to keep you on, so they'll give you whatever you want and then it get sometimes that can almost backfire because then I found myself kept going I'm like well then it's not so bad you know but did they like <laughs> once you put in your your notice were you like oh done bye like. I thankfully like had a really good relationship with the boss I needed to um, to tell that I was going to be leaving, and um, he was basically like, "When do you want to leave?" Like he knew I was serious, and he wasn't going to push for me to stay. He was he had been through a lot with me as I was going through and advocating for myself. So I think he was like. I think this is her time and she seems excited about whatever it is she's going to be doing next. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, I'd love a month, you know? Um, 
And he was like, done, we'll do that. And then I, I did also get a leave of absence, which is something really good for people to know about. If you are at a bigger company, maybe even small, medium sized companies have them as well. Especially if you've been there, I had been there seven and a half years. So, um, I went on a year leave of absence. So I got to keep my insurance and I got to, um, like if I had decided to come back, which I knew at that point in time, it was not going to happen unless God forbid something like erupted and I really needed some stability. Um, but yeah, so I got, it was kind of like, like I ripped off the bandaid in a huge way, but insurance, like the fact that I wouldn't have insurance was like a huge thing that freaked me out, like oh, yeah. losing my benefits. And I hear so many people talk about that all the time that, um, it was really nice to be able to, yes, I was paying more than I would pay for it if I were still a full-time employee, but I got to keep that. So it was a nice way to transition into, um, into my next my next life yeah and and that's a good point too I mean especially if you are a larger company there's opportunities like that a friend of mine I mean she's still with the company and it's a pretty I think it's like one of the top consulting companies and it Mm -hmm. she was able to take the summer off last year just because she it like was so intense and she would do day trips to places that would require her to get on a plane and then she'd be back home by like 8 p.m. and then have to turn around and like all this stuff that they gave her they're like what do you want and she took the summer off just to I mean yeah so I mean she's Mm -hmm. not in in the entrepreneurial mindset such as like you and I might be but companies have those opportunities so I yeah take advantage of them yeah definitely take advantage just to even if you're not planning on leaving just like take a breather so you can recenter yourself and slow down for a few days because it I think it can feel really scary to slow down because it's like oh god what's gonna what's gonna come up if I slow down I think that was like my the theme that would run through my head through all of this like if I slow down I'm, I'm gonna fail or if I slow down something's gonna come out and that's gonna be like something huge I have to work on. And that's going to be overwhelming to figure out like what this career is or what this lifestyle is, or, um, I don't know. Change is scary, I guess. Oh, yeah. So when, when you, yeah. like when you decided you quit and you were saying like you had no formal plan, but like, then what was it like to getting from you day one to now? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Um, day one, I was literally sitting on the couch watching Netflix. I said, you are going to take some time and you're going to just do nothing. You know, you can go to yoga and you can, yeah, really take care of yourself. And I think that guilt piece, like after you told your story, I'm like, oh my God, there was so much guilt there. And this guilt about, yeah, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Like I would call this so lazy or I would call this like, um, I don't know like why do I get to do this why am I special yeah. you know yeah and just like totally take time for myself to to re-energize and then I don't know giving myself permission to do it like even if I kind of eased my way into giving myself permission to do it I mean it taught me such a huge lesson that it's like if I don't put myself first I I don't operate on my best level I don't make the friends I want to make. I don't meet guys I want to meet. I don't get clients. You know, I, 
um, I'm just not a happy person. I gotta shift my mindset to focus more on me. And I think that's where therapy and coaching and journaling and reflecting on like why I had so much trouble um, looking at internally and being okay with doing nice things for myself, that that kind of empowered me to then do these nice things and say like, you know what, you're getting a massage this week, your back is sore and you have the money to do it right now and it's all going to be okay because you're going to feel so much better after and that's going to help you do your job better and be a better friend and be just a better person. You'll be nice when you go out and talk, like just run into people on the street. I'll be nicer to my dog, you know, like just all these self-care is like, I don't know. Some people, I think, are built with it. They just do it. I think it was modeled for them, but it wasn't modeled for me. And there was, yeah, so much guilt with that. So I think one of the big things from day one to now is, like, I see the benefits. I lived the benefits of doing things for myself and taking care of me. Like, yeah, and sleeping in if I really need to sleep in and I can sleep in or... Yeah, creating the schedule. I mean, I've completely created my schedule around how I want it to be, not what I think an entrepreneur should have as a schedule or what I think society should look, you know, like what society designates as a schedule. That was like so much letting go of what's supposed to be. And kind of relearning or re or unlearning was the term I heard recently that I'm like, oh, that is so perfect. There was so much unlearning that has gone on since 2015 through now mm-hmm. that yeah, you really get to do it your way if you're willing to dig deeper to unlearn what may not be working for you and kind of dream about and build a vision for like what it could be and then make it happen. And you can't do it all at once. It takes time. <laughs> yes, that's. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. That's why I people like if you see people quitting their jobs, it's not. Or I. I mean, I always go back to that example because it's part of the inspiration for the podcast. Obviously, is is that. But usually, like if someone okay, take someone buys a house or quits their job, it's not like one day they decided, woke up, and was like, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to quit my job. There was some sort of preparation, whether that was savings or whether that was getting your getting yourself into the position to say it's time, time to go. And back to what you were saying with taking care of yourself and investing in yourself. I like I call those things anchors. And I know like one of my anchors mm-hmm. is getting eight and a half, almost nine, not necessarily all the time of sleep. And if I don't have that anchor and I don't have like I need a good sweat or a workout of some sort of yoga like not having those two anchors puts me at risk for not being the best version of myself in which people do not want to be around me because I will be cranky and I will just feel blah and then I can't focus where it's like the days that and like I'm gifted to be naturally a morning person so I can wake up if I like inspire and tell myself with the intention before bed to say I'm going to get up at 5 15 like I can do that and it's just it plays into it like once you do it you know for me it like it's great but for some other people getting up that early is like woof like I'm not going to do that well cool like yeah own own what makes 
it the best for you and and Jen um, Sincero and her You Are a Badass books book talks about yes. you know what stories are we taking on that we learn from from a childhood and I know I talked about it on the podcast before about like relationship and taking on things and I'm sure you noted like your family and your parents like we probably share similar things in that like there's a, like what belief systems and stories have we taken on that we've learned over time from growing up whether it's stories around relationships money family friends all mm-hmm. those things it's crazy so I love that you you call it unlearning yeah it's totally not my term like somebody said it I think on the good life project podcast recently and I was like oh my god that's an amazing word (laughs) so um so yeah unlearning and yeah I think sorry go no 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 go ahead no you mentioned money I think that's been like a huge change too I mean going from having that paycheck every two weeks and it's like you almost take it for granted because it just like hits your bank account you know and I (laughs) was (laughs) <laughs> you don't have I to didn't... think about how it's made. You can just show up no. and do the craft and like the work that you're paid. And then when you become an entrepreneur, you're like, okay, um, now I got to figure out, I got to market myself. I got to like paint the value, share things yeah. with people. And then it, then if you have any pre-existing quote unquote pre-existing conditions slash stories yeah. around money, which again, if you guys, um, when this podcast comes out, like I did so many recordings a few weeks ago and I did like almost a dozen in two days and they were all like one of them was um, actually hers just released like a handful of days ago. But um, yeah. yeah, it was around like the whole the money and abundance flowing and everything. And it was just it was really eye opening. But yet then you couple it with that. Like sometimes it gets a little hairy and you're like, what yeah. am I doing? But that's why I always recommend like figure out oh wait sorry I hear like the thunderstorm warning thing go off my bad sorry um but yeah I totally that thing but I was gonna ask you like now um give I was gonna ask you like take us through some examples or like career coaching and lifestyle coaching that you've done with your clients that you can maybe offer some tidbits to the listeners if they're in similar situations such as the clients that you work that you're currently working with yeah so I do a lot of like some people come to me and they're like I know what I want to do I know um I know I want to get to this new career but I'm not sure how to get there or something's holding me back so like there's there's fear standing in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, so we go through like, okay, what happened? Like, (laughs) you know, if you've tried this before and it didn't work, we go through, like, for instance, I'm working with one client who's, um, she's so passionate about writing and she loves connecting with people and doing interviews and she would love you, Amanda. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) she likes the talking too, but anyway, she wants to write though. And she took totally like a, a job more in like a retail environment and she's like it's just not not the not what makes me light up so she had tried to become a freelance writer when she graduated from college and it didn't work out she got I think she got a lot of no's you know and it was a time in the economy and a time in her life where she was like I gotta start making money so she got those no's she, she took an ego hit and then 
um, started doing another job and she's been in this job for a few years now. So it's kind of like you put, um, you get wounded, you take that ego hit and you put the bandaid on top of it, but you don't heal it until you open it up again and talk about what happened and talk about the situations. Like what, what's replaying? What are those stories in your head that are telling you you're, not good enough to be a freelance writer and to make a living full time actually doing this. Um, and yeah, redesigning like what happens in your head, yeah. talking through those stories. And I think the moment we connect with why that story is there and that it is just a fear and it's in our past and it doesn't have to repeat. And we have the control um, to, like make the future different than the past it's like liberating you know it just opens up so many opportunities and then you take a baby step so we then we take a step and we talk to this person who you already it's really interesting to see like these people that like know what they want to do like how connected they already are to that thing so it's just like kind of magical for a coach to watch because I sometimes have this fear of like, okay, well, I'm helping this person in a in a industry that I don't know that much about. Like, I know a lot of people. I'm sure we could get you connected to somebody, but um, people have these networks already because they know it's what they're meant to do and they like naturally connect to it. So I would say as advice to people, like, figure out what those fears are that are holding you back. You know, write about them. Um, talk to someone you trust about it, you know, like, what is that thing that, like, get real about it and be like, you're telling yourself a story in your head. You're kind of lying to yourself in a way, um, but you're trying to protect yourself, which is human nature. And it's totally understandable. Like, we don't want to experience pain as humans. And going back to that scary place can be painful, you know, even if it's not like physically painful, it just, it brings back negative memories and we, we want to be positive. That's our goal. So yeah, I think getting clear on fears are just fears. They are not real. Yeah. And then like taking those baby steps, you know, and reaching out to people you do trust or a coach or a therapist or Amanda Bolin, because she's talking to, so you know, like talk to somebody who yeah. you trust and feel like it feels like would be a comfortable place to go. I, so, yeah. And the fear thing, like that, what I thought in my head was when um, I used to do the sales training inside at t which that whole experience of sales training inside call centers, like has given me so many stories and insight to like yeah. how just I mean understanding the sales process but they would I mean imagine you're on the phone and you're trying to close a sale close a sale because it's so Mm -hmm. high like number driven environment that you know people say no to you 90 I think it was like 96 percent of the time right so imagine the fear that they those individual reps would have every time they would try to go up because guess what they would go for it and then they would get slapped and told no. But once they removed the emotional relationship between what they're asking and like being attached to the outcome, they got over it. But at the same time, it's like understanding the thought process behind it to say, 
okay, at what point can I let this go and not be attached to it? Because then it doesn't stop me. Like I'm not fearful about, I just go in and I ask and great. If they say no, it's not about me. It's just, it's about the fact that it's not, it's not good for, for them. So like that also, I mean, we could wrap ourselves in this like meta conversation, yeah. but I love it. <laughs> I mean, it really goes, then it's not, it's not about like we as the individual or myself, like I don't take that. I, it's just, it's not the right time. Like, the no mm-hmm. that you get or someone tells you no, I mean, maybe they're telling you no because it's not the right time in for the work or maybe they're telling you no because maybe you're not skilled enough to be in a certain position. But I like now I'm getting like really like, oh, but don't let mm-hmm. that like stop you from improving your skill set and like don't let that get you down and think you're not worth it or start thinking self-doubting things about yourself like, use that as leverage and say okay great um i didn't qualify for here but why okay i'm now i'm gonna go learn that like be empowered by that feedback and not take it personally is also i think another thing that helps getting over fear like i totally have fears i'll tell you that and then mm-hmm. those, those are like it's that psychology thought process behind it. But um, no, that yes. was, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that. So I have a couple last questions before we sure. before we wrap up. Um, okay. One is like, what's one thing that you do to help keep you focused and routined? Like, what is that? What is it like technology? Is it your calendar? What is it? I... <laughs> It's kind of funny. I actually, I have a business coach and I showed it to him and he was like, this is so simple, but so helpful. (laughs) I have a spreadsheet I use. It's like a calendar basically. And I just like copy and paste this version of it each week. I wish I could explain this. It's just like a chart with like eight rows and each day of the week. And I plan it out every Sunday, like either every Sunday or actually like I've been trying to do it Friday afternoon before Ooh, I close out. The that's week. nice. That's a good idea. So then I'm gonna I take can that. totally do it. It's just really nice to like I don't know. I have this I guess it's anxiety inside of me. It calms me down to know what's coming next week and like really know what's Monday gonna look like. Okay, what do I do I need to do anything else before I close my laptop on Friday? Do I need to do some weekend work so that I'm ready for Monday and really Tuesday and Wednesday too? Um, I don't know. It gets me feeling a little bit ahead of the game and yeah, more in a good routine. So that's, and it's just a spreadsheet. I literally, can you like screenshot it? Yeah. And then we'll like put it in the notes. I mean, if you really want to get crafty, we could just like do a click and then people can download it if they want. (laughs) People are going to be like, really? I'm downloading this. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, it's it's like the simplest stuff that I'm like, what the hell like how did I not think of that you know like actually I'm really excited I just bought the bullet journal I've heard amazing things about it and I'm like all right this is good because my current like to-do list thing is not working I've tried Asana is really great in terms of like checklist and working within my team but if I need to do my to-do stuff I'm like I gotta figure out a different system so I'm testing the bullet bullet journal out so okay I'll be curious to hear how that is. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Simple than the best for me. Right. What <laughs> yeah. is, um, the last question is what is a book that you recommend? Yeah. So it's actually one I've read recently and I just, 
I don't know. I just, I could not get enough of it. It's called self-compassion, the proven power of being kind to yourself. It's by Kristen Neff. Okay. And it is, I can't even, it just, it really spoke to me and it really, I've realized like throughout my journey, so much of my healing and like, and even my ability to like listen to people and really, really want to help people has been about like having an appreciation and acceptance and compassion for my own story. And I just think that so much peace comes from that. And that peace like just allows you to look at the world differently. Mm. And she gives some really, really good um, journaling activities and just really like insights and really good stories from her own life as to how she built more self-compassion for herself. Mm. And she's a PhD um, psychologist and has, yeah, she's dedicated her life to self-compassion. Yeah. So I'm going to have to get that book. And I, I mean, it's really amazing. (laughs) I love it. Like there's time, like I used to think that I'm like, oh, I love myself. And I'm like the past two years, I'm like, oh, hell no, that was not loving myself. I'm like, I thought I loved myself. Yeah. You just, it's crazy. So I love that you're, you make that, um, distinction because I used to always say, of course I love myself. And I'm like, Wow, this is a different level. For yeah, sure. <laughs> no, for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, Liz, this yeah. has been amazing. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you, Amanda. This has been so fun and I'm so grateful you you asked me to join. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.